Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I do film reviews from all eras, really, at my website. Although this particular podcast does cover brand new movies, I especially emphasize in films of the 1980s. And you can listen to all of those reviews on my other podcast called Around the World in 80s Movies. You can check that out by finding the link to that at my website, Quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net. Today I'm going to get into a film that's won the Academy Award for Best Picture just recently. It is called Parasite. It is a film that kind of defies a lot of genre expectations. It's a drama, it's a thriller, it's got some horror elements, I guess, to it. Suspense, mystery, comedy. It's definitely a black comedy and a satire in many respects, so... It is a film from Bong Joon-ho, who also contributes to the screenplay, along with Jin Won Han, Choi Woo-sik, Song Kang-ho, Cho Yo-jong, Lee Sun-kyun, Park So-dam, and a whole bunch of others are in this film. Hopefully I pronounced some of those correctly. R-rated. It has language, some violence, and sexual content. The runtime is two hours and 12 minutes. Now, after he had done two films, primarily in English, back-to-back, 2013 Snowpiercer and 2017's Okja, which was released on Netflix, Bong Joon-ho here is returning to purely Korean language filmmaking for the first time since 2009 with his black comic satire, Parasite. And it's arguably the best film in his distinguished career. Now, this is a film that he feels contains nuances and specific details that are not going to be readily understood 100% by audiences outside of South Korea. Maybe that's overstated because it has received acclaim from all corners of the world. It gathered many accolades outside of its native country, including unanimously winning the Palme d'Or at Cannes. And it won, of course, as I just mentioned, Best Picture, and it was the first foreign language film to do so at the Academy Awards. It also won Best International Film. That was a category that used to be called Best Foreign Language Film. And he won the Academy Award for Best Director. These were all firsts for a Korean film. Now, Parasite continues Bong's themes of social class structures and the divides that occur because of things like the financial inequality among people, not only within society, but in how family dynamics are built around them. His film centers on two different families of four, the primary one that we follow being a poor but very street-smart family living in a semi-basement with this window that's overlooking an alley that drunks habitually use as their bathroom. Korea's top character actor, Song Kang-ho, he appeared in Bong's uh, The Host and Memories of Murder and Snowpiercer. He plays Kim Ki-taik, the father in this poor family that has no breadwinners due to the lack of good-paying jobs. Their latest gig finds them folding pizza boxes for a local company. Poverty has become so pervasive in the area that the family ends up working overtime to try to find ways to not spend money. They hijack Wi-Fi from their neighbors. They resort to forgery to try to gain credentials from schools that they couldn't even dream to be able to afford. They even leave the window open as the bug exterminator draws near to get free fumigation, inundating their basement apartment and boxes meant to carry pizzas at the time with unhealthy chemicals. Things end up taking a turn for the better for them. Kitaik's son, Kiwoo, gets a temporary job replacing a good friend as the tutor for Dahai, the teenage daughter of the well-to-do family that's also featured in this film. 
In their palatial home, Kiwu woos the young woman who develops a crush on him, just like she did the prior tutor, and convinces the naive mother that he has the skills necessary for the job. And when Kiwu learns that the young son in the rich family, Dasong, needs an art tutor, he brings in his sister to do the job, pretending to be Kiwu's old college friend, an art therapist. From there, other members of the family soon began to get jobs working for this rich family. That's, I guess, hence why the film is called Pyrocyte. Actually, probably one of many reasons for this multi-layered film. Class rage, that's a potent topic for these times. Still a touchy one among many people who might feel that the rich should not be portrayed as inherently evil, rather as people that we should admire and protect. To that end, Bong does not paint the rich family as evil or deserving of being fleeced. Instead, they live a life of relative safety and obliviousness that makes them pretty ignorant to the plights of the people in their employ. They see the tutors and the drivers and the housekeepers. They see them there just because they're paid to care about them, even if the feeling is not reciprocal. The poor family has this discussion amongst themselves that the rich family is nice, but it's determined that they're nice because they're rich, not rich because they are nice. They speculate that if they became rich, they might actually be nice too, because they wouldn't have the worry and the strife in their lives any longer to try to make ends meet. The line that might get crossed is this notion that the poor have a certain smell to them, which the rich don't have, according to this film. Initially, Da Song astutely determines that all of the workers that they've just hired, who did not claim to be related to each other, even though they are, have the same smell, but his father, Dong Ik takes it one step further by connecting the smell of his newly hired driver, the chauffeur that he hired, which happens to be the patriarch of the poor family. He has the smell of the people who ride the subway, and he can't stand that smell. Kitaik determines that what Dong Ik is really offended by is the smell of poverty, something that Dong Ik's wife soon finds also unpalatable. She cracks the window open in the back seat to not have that smell, much to much to Kitaik's offense. Bong does not paint this poor family in a wholly sympathetic light either. It shows them to be uncaring about their work ethic. They feel like the best things in life should come at no price. The title of the film itself, Parasite, shows the common view of the poor that has shaped over the last century among rich, especially in recent years, that those who live in poverty are somehow there because they are lazy freeloaders who don't want to work hard to become rich like the rich people. Of course, that's the ultimate message of this film, which is that birth and luck have more to do with your wealth than just working hard, as many have toiled and have been unable to make it out of poverty, while many who have succeeded into wealth have hardly worked at all. But who's to blame for all of this? Throughout history, there have been many approaches to running a country, from monarchies to socialism, capitalism, what to do with wealth within that society, each one of them has produced its own set of ills. South Korea, in particular, has a, a kind of a weird blend of capitalism and socialism and communism in its economic structure, which often can generate a good deal of friction among classes as to which approach is ideal for the populace. Bong does not suggest that there's a way out that will work, only that what currently exists does not as economic disparity frequently breeds resentment, fear, and anger among the people of the same nation. And the more disparity that there is, the more likely the potential there is for things to boil over. Bong Joon-ho, he's conceived of the idea of a parasite in 2013. He was wrapping up 
filming Snowpiercer. He had class friction in mind when he was making Snowpiercer, but he wanted to tell a different story with the same theme, with a realistic storyline that didn't rely on science fiction tropes, and he drew many aspects from some of his own personal experience. As with Ki-Woo, Bong Joon-ho worked as a tutor while he was in college. He observed firsthand the environment of the rich and those of the poor and how they contrast each other. His girlfriend, now his wife, tutored English to this rich family, and she brought in Bong Joon-ho to tutor math, even though he claims his math skills are absolutely terrible, and that's similar to the events that we see in the first half of Parasite. Now, as this is a dark comedy with dramatic weight, Bong tones down a lot of his eccentric characterizations here that permeate some of his other works. We get invested in the poor family and their schemes to earn money. We don't quite sympathize with them until later when they get a taste of the high life that they can walk through as visitors, but never quite as peers. That lack of judgment on the characters is what makes this drama work. We don't have a rooting interest in one side prevailing over the other. And we know that whatever side wins, if either of them wins at all, there's very little victory that can be had in resorting to extremes. Society is going to continue on the current path regardless of what one or two or four people may do about it, at least until there is a major revolution at some point. History has taught us very well in that regard. The quality of the film is superb, from the rich, in-depth cinematography by Hung Kyung Po and the pitch-perfect score from Jung Jae-il, both complementing each other seamlessly, especially as they join with Lee Ha-jun's jaw-dropping production design concepts. The contrast between the two abodes, the semi-basement and its intrusive and claustrophobic style, and the architectural marvel that is the spacious and protected mansion, that contrast is striking, but it's still very beautifully shot and orchestrated in both cases. Now, while Bong Joon-ho is an undeniably brilliant and talented filmmaker, I think he's often had difficulty in finding traction beyond cinephiles because of his oft-wild tonal shifts to his films. He gets it mostly right here. Some viewers may feel that the climax of this film, in which things come to a head, goes a little bit further than it should to try to properly deliver the thematic payoff. Disbelief can become strained at least for me, during a couple of moments that come into play involving the use of Morse code that seems exceedingly convenient, not enough to disregard the resonance offered for the message, but it still seemed a little far-fetched, even for a film that is not necessarily playing for complete realism. Still, I think for those who are adequately rooted in these characters and their plights, there is a level of high interest in seeing what is going to shake out from these confrontations when the dust settles, even if it seems a little far-fetched at times. And for those who maintain that connection with the material, the ending of the film reveals that this film ultimately is a tragedy about society. It explores the notion that the difference between the haves and the have-nots has a lot more to do with sheer circumstance than it is sheer determination. Now, continuing to make unexpected and challenging works, Parasite ends up being not only one of the top films of 2019, but I think its potency is revealing in the underlying tension between those of wealth and those of disparity. Sadly, this is one of those universal themes that we've crossed into in the 21st century that holds weight in most parts of the world. Also, clinging to this hope that something can be tangibly resolved just by belief alone is one of the other tragedies of the film. Life often does not conform to those who simply wish to live the lives of their dreams. At some point, a lot of this is out of our ability to control, and that is what I take away from Parasite. 
Three and a half stars out of four is what I'm giving Parasite. Three and a half stars on my scale means that I do think this is a good movie. It is very, very close to a four-star film. I'll probably have to watch it again. It's on that borderline and on a borderline watch. I give it the lower of the two grades on the first-time watch. But the more I think about it, the more I want to watch it again. And I might just kick that up to the four stars. But it's right there. Just a couple of storytelling nitpicks that keep me from wholeheartedly giving it that ultimate recommendation. But... I think solidly, very high, three and a half stars out of four. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you want to reach out to me, you can find my contact information and anything else that you might want to know about me or the movies that I enjoy or don't enjoy at my website. That's at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Links to my Twitter feed, Facebook page, Instagram, my email address. All of those are available there. Until next time, thanks so much for listening, and please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. Mm-hmm.